Good morning. Good to see all of you here. Thank you for the songs, Tony. I appreciate that. You know, there are times that we feel the need more intensely to be hid by God's hand, don't we? There are times that we want to be covered by His hand. And I think that's a good place to be when we realize that we need God's hand holding us and keeping us safe. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you that we can gather together and worship. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with those who are gone, who aren't here this morning, and I pray that you would um, be near to them, bless them, and protect them. Lord, be with Lyle as he preaches up at Elkhart, and I pray that you'd bless their service up there. May you be honored and glorified um, through their time together. Lord, just be with us as we uh, read your word this morning and study it. And I pray, Lord, that we could be challenged and that we could go from here uh, refreshed from having worshipped, but also um, feeling a sense of closeness to you and a desire to grow in our own lives. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. I do welcome the visitors. It's good to see uh, you here. And... Uh, Special welcome to a cousin of mine, Vincent Kaufman, and his family are visiting us this weekend. They're from uh, the Bald Eagle Camp in Pennsylvania, and we're traveling through, and so it's been good to connect with them again. It's good to see, to see Shirley back, ready to teach school again, and, and just others who are visiting. So welcome, and um, worship together with us. Like I mentioned, Lyle is preaching up in Elkhart today. I'm the only minister here, actually. Um, Ken's are on a little getaway this weekend. They said since their children are, are all gone and the house is empty, they're going to go do something. So they're gone. Vanson is in Idaho, I believe. Is that right? Is that where the camp is? He's at a men's retreat, um, mountain camping, I guess, for men with leadership um, leadership training. I think Floyd's with Vanson, so um, that's where Vanson's at. Let's see, Vanson, Lyle, Ken, yeah. And John's in Kansas this morning, so we're all scattered out. But I trust that, um, that we can be blessed as we worship together. This morning I plan to continue uh, my messages on child training. And if, I don't know if you remember the last message that I preached or not. It's actually been a while. It was on Father's Day, and it was a message specifically to fathers and how to lead in their home. And one of the questions that had been asked before I started this series was, how do I know if I have the heart of my child? And I answered uh, my perspective of what that is in the last message can somebody refresh our memory? What was that? What was it that I said is a key or acknowledges or a sign that we have our child's heart? It's been a while. Anybody, take a guess if you're not sure. 
okay? And what is that? Somebody else started saying something. What? She said, if they talk to you and tell you how, what they're feeling, I'd summed it up in one word, trust, trust right? How do you know if you have your child's heart, if they trust you enough to confide in you, right? Um, trust, or maybe even another word for that would be respect. Trust and respect is one of the primary components of an intimate relationship. And I describe intimate by being um, a, a simple definition of intimate is into me you see. And so when a child is open enough to share um, their personal feelings and, and what they're thinking with you, that's what we would call an intimate relationship. And trust is vital, is important for that. In fact, trust is important in any healthy relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a uh, family relationship, whether it's a marriage relationship, trust is important in a relationship, and even more so in a relationship, a parent-child relationship. Trust is, is critical. How do I know if I have my child's heart? Um, And I'll just put that up there. Trust is a primary component of any intimate relationship. And I finish the message by saying that the level of trust that our children have in us should continue to increase as the child grows older. And it changes from a, a childlike trust to more of an invited influence from the child. So the child is welcoming us to give input into their life. They're asking us questions, and that's a, a, a good example or a good picture of trust and what a healthy relationship uh, should look like. So I finished that message, and I felt like maybe I didn't give a lot of uh, practical pointers into, well, well how, what do we do to help facilitate that type of trust? And so I want to look at that this morning. How do we build trust? And how do we build trust in our children? And I think this, this doesn't start when our children are teenagers, but it begins when they're infants and goes all the way until they're an adult. And, and it, it's varying and, and different degrees of, of trust uh, throughout those years. That last message I drew out of Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to read one verse out of that passage, Genesis 18, 19, and this is... God talking about Abraham, and he says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken unto him. So God had confidence in Abraham that he was the man that he should be, that he had led his children well, and that God could trust him with future generations and with, actually, he wanted to trust him with what was going to happen with Sodom and Gomorrah. And God did that. He revealed to, to Abraham through the angels or through the men that were there what his plans were for Sodom and Gomorrah. One of, the, one of my biggest fears about preaching child training messages 
is that we somehow get in our mind that if I do one, two, three, and four, if I do these four steps, that's the important part. And even though I, I find it for myself, I need practical hands-on uh, ways of how to, how to do things. And so that's just how I think. And so I, I try to, um, to communicate practical ways that, that may be helpful for you. But one thing that is important that I want you to realize is that I'm, I'm, giving, all the, I'm giving these ideas with the assumption that you are living a, a God-filled, God-centered, victorious life. And so just fulfilling steps one, two, three, four, and five is not a complete picture of what child training is. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's important that, that we are, have a personal connection with God, that we are committed to Him, that we're, that we're living out of a, of a victorious life, that there's a, a connection between my Father and I, and that it's because of that connection that I have something to offer to my children. It's because of that connection that um, that's, that's where I receive um, my filling and, and, what, and everything that I need to give to my children, to pass on to them, to, to lead them in a godly direction. It's much bigger than the hands-on thing. The hands-on part that we're talking about this morning, I think, is important. Um, but it's a small component. More importantly is our relationship with God. And it's, out of, it's, it's me living out of that relationship that I even have something to give to my children. And so don't, don't forsake that part of it. Don't just get focused or, or caught up with um, the, the practical side of child training. We are to be a picture of what Christ was, of, what Christ, of who Christ is to our children. The first part of the message is uh, focused to you as fathers. And then the last part, I have uh, some that is is um, focused to you as parents. So the first thing that I have is, as for you as fathers, is to create a, a um, healthy family identity. What is a family identity? What is a healthy family identity? I'm going to look in Proverbs chapter 22, uh, verse 1. It says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor than silver and gold. What do, what do my children say is important to me as a father? Our children know what's important to us. Our children know what, what we're chasing after. Our, our children know what really makes me tick. Our children know what gets me excited. And what is that? Is it a godly name? Am I concerned? Would my children say that dad is, dad's concerned that, that we as a family are a godly family? It's, it's evident by the way he lives his life. It's evident by the way he leads our family that, that he's concerned. Is my number one concern that I'm raising a godly family? Is that my passion? 
A godly name is to be chosen, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver or, or, or gold. How to create a family identity? The first thing I have is have respect and gratefulness for where we come from. I'm saying where we come from as a family, so we should have, uh, we should be grateful for what we were given from our heritage. We should be grateful for the church family that we have. Uh, we, should, we should pass that on to our children. They should, they should know that I'm grateful for Sandy Ridge as a brotherhood. I'm grateful for uh, the Mennonite and the, the, and the Mennonite culture and the Mennonite uh, belief system and for how we practice Scripture. Um, they should be given, larger than that, they should be, they should be given a respect for the Bible and a, a, a healthy respect for godliness. And I, I need to communicate that to my children. Have a respect and gratefulness and not not a superiority, not a superior um, attitude that we have it all together because we are Mennonite or because we are Sandy Ridge, but a, a, a healthy uh, gratefulness for the blessings that, that were given to me as a parent, first of all, but that are given to my family, and not, not a superior attitude over other people. The second thing is that we teach that we represent Christ. Teaching our family that when we go out in public or whether we're at home, whether we're at church, that it's highly important to me as a father that other people look at our family and that they see Christ. Our family this summer was on a uh, trip for three weeks and our family is, is normal in the fact that after being together so many days and weeks in a van and traveling, uh, we have conflict at time, right? And so we have to resolve some of that conflict. And for me, it was important that our, our family, when we're, when we're out and we're in public, I want people to look at us and not, not see a perfect family, but see God evident in who we are by the way that we, uh, the attitude that we project um, the fact that we're not um, that we're not so busy and, and so going about our own thing that we don't even have time to visit with other people, and we try to do that when we're on our trip. We would talk to other people and ask them where they're from and ask them where they're traveling to, and it, it was interesting. But just trying to take an interest in people around us and trying to uh, open up doors or opportunities to uh, share Christ or to share God's love with them. Uh, just through the way that, we li- that we're living, and we're, we're normal just like they are, we're, we're out here enjoying God's nature, but we're a godly family. I want people to see that. Do we communicate that to our family? Do they, do they realize that? The third one is take an interest in your children. Take an interest in what interests them. Um, be excited about your family. You see, if dad's not excited about family, then the children probably aren't going to be excited about family either. And it shouldn't surprise us if our children grow up and grow, and as they get older, they have less and less interest in doing things together as a family if dad didn't have interest in doing things with the family. 
as fathers, are you excited about your family? Do you have a passion to lead your family? Do you have interest in teaching your children? Do you have a relationship with the Heavenly Father that your children can see and is evident? Is it something that they want? Do they look at you as fathers and say, when I grow up, I want to be just like Dad because he has a relationship with God? Or what do they see in our lives that they choose to pattern themselves after? Are you excited about your family? Is family life important to you? Do you take time to spend with your family? So create a a healthy family identity. The second one is love your wife. Ephesians 5.28 says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. This isn't a marriage message, but a key to successful parenting is a good marriage relationship. It's important, husbands, fathers, that you love your wife and that you love her well. Children respect a father who loves their mother. And we can, we can do that, but it, it takes work. It takes effort. It takes less of me. In fact, uh, this scripture talks about loving our wife as we love ourselves, right? We don't have a problem loving ourselves. We can, uh, very quickly, I can, I can become focused on myself and I know what I want. I know, I know my needs and I can forget about the needs of my wife. But when my family sees me as a father laying down my needs and what I want and caring and loving for my wife and serving her, it's a good example for them. And it, it brings a trust. It brings a, 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 uh, yeah, a trust and respect from our children when they know that dad loves mom and they know that that, that relationship is strong and that they can trust it. Love your wife. So respect and honor your wife. The second one is, way to to love your wife, is to teach your children to respect their mother. I think I've shared this um, maybe another time with you as a church, but I remember growing up, there was a time in my life where... I found it hard to respect my mother, and it wasn't because of her, but it was because of my heart and where I was at. And as I started getting older and probably in those early teen years, I suddenly discovered that I had an expanded knowledge of the world, and I, I knew quite a few things. And uh, I didn't think my, my mom quite had the knowledge that I did, and I, there was a lack of respect there. And like I said, that's not, it's not, in, or it's, it's not because of who she was, but it's because of who I wasn't. And I just remember my father taking me aside several times and saying, I don't know what happened today, but you made your mother cry, and it's not going to happen again. And we would talk about what happened. 
And I remember my father making it very clear that I, as a son, was going to respect my mother. And fathers, never underestimate or never undermine your wife and the way that she leads at home when you're not there. And you should expect and require your children to respect her. Because when a father and a mother have a good relationship and are solidly together and their children can see that mom respects dad, dad respects mom, there's, there's a, a trust that is built and that, that, the, that the children begin to depend on and begin to feel safe in that relationship when mom and dad are respecting one another and are working together. And the children know that there's no way we can get between mom and dad because they're solidly together. One of the worst things is when, a, a parent, when parents uh, work against each other and undermine their respect for each other in their children. Okay, this next part is to you as parents. And the first one is give your children freedom to fail. So this is number three. The first one was create a healthy family identity. Second one, love your wife. And now to you as parents, give your children freedom to fail. You know, there's this, there's this uh, idea that uh, we as parents, and, and I, I see it in myself also, I want my children to succeed. I want them to do well in, in not only their Christian life and their walk with the Lord, but I also want them to do well with with relationships um, in school and the people that they interact with. I want them as they get older to be successful adults in life. And sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm so concerned that they do well that I, I want to help create a, a good pathway for them. To me, it looks like I'm, I'm going to make a good pathway for them to be successful. And it's what I call the, the lawnmower parent. And what that is, is we've heard about the helicopter parent. This is the lawnmower parent who goes out ahead and mows down all the tall grass and makes it nice and